I came from the same, let's say, feelings as Ryan has right now, where I just didn't want nothing to do with birds. And for, you know, an early hunting season deal, it's a weekend. You go out for a day or a morning, and you, you make some noises, and these birds come running into you, and you shoot the bird, and then you have some turkey for dinner. It was, it was pretty exciting, I think, for a day hunt. You know? No, it's, it's just like elk hunting, except it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fun. You know what I'd rather do than go fucking turkey hunting? Huh. Get a root canal. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Shoot to Hunt podcast. I'm Ryan Avery. As always, I have, uh, he's not a special guest. He's the other host, Jake We got to get you to fucking pizzazz that shit up a little bit next time. No. It's the same dull monotone hey, introduction. It, consistency is key, sir. <laughs> consistency is key. At least a little flare in the voice. Nah, I'm not a flurry guy unless you get me agitated. So okay. I guess it's got to be like Blaine. You got to p- piss me off all day <laughs> and then get me on here and get me excited. For those of you that have are watching the video and I suggest you guys can go and watch us on YouTube because we're both pretty. So you should come watch us, <laughs> but we have a beautiful, beautiful 33 XC that unknown munitions built. I'll take you through the build real, real quick. The action is a Vesper. Obviously it's a Lapua bolt face. It's got a benchmark and Jake's gonna have to help me a benchmark 24 inch barrel, but the contour special. To- yeah. This is the 338 hunter contour. It's technically a benchmark number six, which is a 750 muzzle finish. The brake is obviously our badass Pro 5, TI Pro 5 muzzle brake. Um, the stock, I love. It's an EH1 Manor stock. Uh, the trigger is a little different than most. It's the Geisley Super 700, and it can be a single or a, uh, a two-stage trigger. Is that a two-stage in here? Yeah, I love two-stage. Uh. And it's like a, it's different than any other two-stage. Most of them are all sloppy, and it has, this one has an actually a little bit of feedback. I don't know what you, the technical term would be, but it actually pushes back when you're pulling, you can feel it on the first. Yeah. It's like, it's, it gives you a, it's like stiff. I don't know. It's not like the Timony. It's not like the trigger tech where you're it's talking all like sloppy. The, the first stage being sloppy. First, this one has some, some, some give. Yeah. You feel it all the way back. All right. It's just not, you're just there. You have to, you have to try it, finesse it. You have to put the pull. We're going to load it. Oh, people are going to be whining all over. It does have some. Uh, what do we got going? Oh, that's the problem right there. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. See, that's nice. Super seven hundred from Geisley. It's the only trigger to pass the drop test that the military puts on it from any seven hundred action. So that's why I use it. And it has Jake's the UM bottom metals. Have a name. That's how bad I am with names. That bottom metal is so badass. We just call it UM DBM. We could just call it the DBM. The DBM. No, you cannot load mag linked with the 33XC. It's still a single feed because it's like three point or 4.2. 4.3. 4.3 inch yeah. bullets with the 300 grainers in there. And the, it's a 300 grain burger bullet and a 24 inch barrel pushes them out there at 3,100 feet per second. It's got a night force NX8 4 to 32 on top of it. It's almost it's, as tall as the Red Bull can if you guys are watching. It is. It's a, it's a monster. And the Cerakoting job is kind of custom, and it is sexy. Mike knocked it out of the park. I forget what the name. I think that's zombie green. Zombie green. Zombie green. He said it's got five greens. Yeah. And the zombie green makes it makes it kick. He was trying to impress you. 
dude, that's the best looking rifle I've ever owned. <laughs> it nice. is. It is the best looking rifle I've ever owned. I'll, uh, we'll link into it. I did a little quick little video I put on Instagram and, and YouTube and I will link it in there. If you guys, uh, follow the Vesper or the unknown munitions, bottom middle mag at all, please be aware there will be a short Vesper arriving in approximately six months. Short action, short action. But again, the beautiful part is, is the XL length on the short action UM DBM and mag is going to be three one fifty inside the fucking mag. So basically it's a medium action. It, it is now. Yeah. Three, two fifty is kind of the standard for mediums across the, the world. This will be a true short action M five bottom metal, true short action, 700 footprint, but the load <laughs> port on the Vesper short will be three, one seventy five, three, one eight. And the inside mag lane is going to be three, one fifty. It's going to be phenomenal. It is on in the Vesper action. Kind of talk about that real quick. What we're talking about, why we're on that subject is it's built. You guys went with two bat and said, "Hey, we want to make the lightest weight steel action that's worth it." On, and I say that worth it on mm-hmm. the market. Well, they were already building kind of the bench rest standard. Um, they use all seventeen four stainless. They they come out with the Vampire, and the Vampire is a great action. Uh, it is a flat bottom, and it's not available in a Lapua bolt face because of the insert ratio. And we wanted something that had Lapua. We also wanted something that was more universal with that 700 footprint. And at 26 ounces, you know, it's the lightest steel action out there in a long action with a Lapua bolt face. Uh, a Lone Peak Fusion Titanium Lapua long is 25 and a half ounces. So for that half ounce penalty, you can avoid titanium. If you go and you run and you cycle this action and you go and run competitors that are steel, that are light, and you run titanium, I can't say, I mean, I'm not biased because I don't care. I just go off what it feels like. That action still feels substantial where the other actions feel kind of chintzy. And uh, I'll be honest, one is the Defiance Anti-X. It just feels chintzy. I don't want to, I'm not that... Well, you make them. I don't. I can yeah. say what I want. You can I, say what you want. I've owned two anti-Xs. Matter of fact, you ordered one with me on the first one. Yeah. And <laughs> Defiance makes a great action. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But the the bolt handle feels chintzy. The yeah. action feels chintzy. To where when you run that, it just feels like another bat. Yeah. It's a standard bolt knob, replaceable bolt knob. It doesn't have a long, hollowed out deal. Um, it's almost fully enclosed, whereas some of these other super light actions are halfway laid open. And there's just, you know, there's a lot of, obviously we design, there's a lot of things that we like about that. I'll say that there are a lot of good actions out there. I will say, uh, with kind of the recent changes that defiance has went through, it's really helped our Vesper sales. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and again, part of the reason why we decided to drop the short, I always said that we weren't going to do a short, uh, short action is the most popular, popularly sold length of action on the market. So it's kind of stupid first not to do it, but with our bottom metal and mag having three one fifty inside the box, that's going to be, I think, a pretty big game changer for some manufacturers that we're working with. When that does come out, what's the point of where does the medium fit into there then? So, <clears throat> throughout our whole line, we will have normal mags, right? It's not just the XL links, but in this short action, we will have one that'll work with a two nine fifty load port. We will have one that'll work with Defiance, which is going to be three one, mm-hmm. and then we'll have our XL, which is the three one fifty. So across the line, the XL and the short is going to be three one fifty. The XL in our medium is three four, and the XL in the long is three nine fifty. 
So what sets our stuff apart is we have a unique mag drop, mag catch, mag latch, whatever you want to call it. We have a unique setup there that allows us to add basically between 150 and 200 thou extra on every length of action. And it's because, you know, some of the other manufacturers have kind of refused to get away from that same latch style. And we mm -hmm. tried to take, you know, a unique perspective on it. And, and to achieve that XL length, we had to design a new mag drop. So that's what kind of sets our stuff apart. Um, it, you know, it's, it's quality. It's, it's, they're great products. Everybody makes Hawkins makes great products. There's a ton of manufacturers out there. What sets us apart is not specifically the quality. It's specifically the internal length, the internal available length of the magazine across all of the length action. So again, XL short is 3150, XL medium 34, XL long is 3950. That's what sets them apart. Plus they're beautiful. They are. They're sleek and they don't rattle. That's another thing, you know, and it doesn't get fatigue rattle either. When I, if you take like any of the other, <clears throat> not all of them, but after time you can get them stiff and they come, they come and they're stiff and they don't rattle around, but give it a few hunting trips, a few competitions, mm -hmm. and then it's rattle, rattle. And I know it doesn't matter in competitions, but it damn sure matters if you're hunting, you're walking around here tick, 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 mm -hmm. to where those haven't started rattle. A lot of guys we hear so often nowadays, I believe that in a custom rifle and in an M5, M5 really is the only inlet for a bottom metal today. If you want something custom and unique or you're building a custom rifle, don't order anything. Don't order a BDL. Order an M5 inlet. You have so many more aftermarket options available to you. That'll be one good piece of advice. The other is just, uh, totally forgot what I was going to say there. <laughs> hey, I do that all the time. Holy shit. We know another thing that I've noticed is this is a manner stock. I love manners, but don't, don't assume you can get it and just slap it in there without some work. Cause some of those manners you have to work yeah. to get that M5. That manners M5 in inlet's a little different than the rest. Yeah. What the that hell sucks. I say about the damn bottom? I don't remember now. Yeah. Anyways. anyways, three round single stack center feed. Oh, that's what I was bringing up. So a lot of guys today, they're worried about dropping a magazine while they're hunting. And it's never happened to me. I mean, I'm sure it could happen to you for sure. But this, you know, the mag drop is is placed in a way that I don't think is going to happen. But it seems pretty secure. It's a it's a val it's a valuable point though that the guys are bringing up. They're worried about it. Me, I would rather not have my ammunition falling out on the ground, and I agree. you got to open that four plate and drop everything out. There's shit getting in there, and I'm weird like that. If if the ammo hits the dirt, it's almost like it's unusable. Yeah, and on the other side, I don't like loading from the top. Then you got to unload it the same way if it doesn't have a bottom. Yeah, it's really how it's really the unloading part. Yep, is what I don't like. We do, have to, we do have to have Whaley on and tell us about his losing his magazine in Alaska. You know, some of those guys like it is. We we encounter so many guys like this in the hunting world. You know, one bullet fucking doesn't perform for you one time, you're done with it. Well, Whaley for his entire life, one thing doesn't do what it's supposed to do, it's fucking done. I'll never touch it again, and that's that's his kind of. He also has been sending you lots of stud finder videos. <laughs> That's another story. We got to get Whaley on. I don't even, I didn't even get that when he said the stud finder thing. I was trying to figure out why it was funny. I couldn't figure it out. Did you figure it out yet? No. Tell me. The head's falling off, falling off the wall. Finding a stud. Oh. <laughs> so Whaley gave, well, you tell the story. <laughs> I'll tell it, it. It fucking all makes sense now. Whaley had some. It might still be top secret. No, hell no. Okay. Whaley had some <clears throat> African, what were they? There was a wildebeest. Wildebeest. And he was a cool little 
twin mount. I don't know what you call it. Yeah, it's on a piece of plywood and has a, a girl and a boy basically yeah. on the. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't want to say bull and cow if that's not what it is. There's some probably some other term, but there's a male and a female wildebeest kind of looking at each other yeah. on this plywood mount. And I hung it up in the shop here. We got this. We got a pretty freaking tall shop. So there's this giant plywood wall that we can hang. Well, it's not plywood. It's it's fucking drywall. Fucking wish it's it was drywall. Plywood. I wish it was plywood. <laughs> so I hung it up and it was a bunch of us helping. And I was up there on the very top of this fucking 30 foot ladder and I had an impact. And I remember I felt like I was going to die when I was up there and I hit that one screw and it, da, 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 da. you know, that thing going around Instagram. What is it? Somebody's shooting a gun. It's a 911 call. <laughs> what, a, what does it sound like? <laughs> it sounded just like that. It, the screws hitting right. And it's going into the wood. And I was confident. And it was like a week later. This is when we just opened the shop. We're here. It's like 10 p.m. at night. We're putting shit together, right? We just hear this crash. And that fucking thing fell 30 feet to the ground and just demolished. Oh, smashed the fucking nose oh, in. Almost like popped the head off. Anyways, so Whaley, we have a little group text, and Whaley was sending stud finder, <sighs> like new kind of stud finders. I want to see Jake. him use a fucking stud finder on top of a 30-foot ladder. Then we'll, then we'll, then we'll talk. Hey, anyway, sorry, Whaley. It's all fixed now. Hey, and now it's in my garage. He said, you can hang it up again. I said, the fuck I can. It's sitting in my garage in, in protection. All fixed up, you know, ready to go. I would $5,000 later. Make him come over yeah. and hang it. That's my new rule. Ah. Cliff hung up his elk in there. I said, yeah, you can come hang your elk. No problem. But you're going to hang it. That's like when you pull somebody out of a ditch. I'll pull you out, but you got to put the freaking the pull the uh, toe strap on your truck. Nice. Cause I don't want to rip your bumper right off and be my fault. There you go. Same thing with hate hanging heads with Jake. Yeah. <laughs> we are totally off topic. The well, actual, we well, we did. You should say we had a comment from a, from a listener who said we don't go off topic enough. Yeah. We had a comment that we were too focused. So I guess you got to email us podcast at shootown.com. And if you don't want to hear us go off topic, let us know. If you do let us know. <laughs> Well, we'll get a little poll going. Maybe we're all wrong. They don't want to listen to our dumb asses talk. Back on topic. Plus P. We're supposed to talk about plus P today. Plus P. It is a uh, voodoo. It's kind of like uh -oh. Uh -oh. protein. Jake needs protein. That's 1245 protein alarm. The uh, plus P process is kind of like uh, bumping back shoulders for people. It seems like it's there's some voodoo to it. and Lots of questions came in. Since we made these logos and partnered up with Sean Carlock at Defensive Edge to do the Plus P as a, as a licensed distributor applicator of the technology, it's not technology, but it's it's a process. Mm -hmm. And and he's got a patent on the process. And so, you know, we got to follow some, we got to follow some rules and, and, you know, not share exactly what things are. But I'm getting these guys that are calling and they're just in disbelief that they can gain 100 feet per second with something that costs 200 bucks and then it could work on any rifle. And they want to know the fucking nuts and bolts of exactly what is happening, how it's happening. What is the magic? What is the wuju so they can get on board and want the plus P what's wuju? I don't know. Like, uh, like magic, magic dust. dust. I think what, I think that Fairy guys dust. are really because they either have, they haven't heard of it before, or I guess if I, if, if you had heard of it today, and you had never heard of this before and you didn't have a good understanding of it, you might right. be in the same position. So yeah. I get it. When I first heard it, I thought plus P and like nine millimeter, that just means faster. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the goal. Well, it's higher pressure is really what yeah. the plus P nine mil is really a higher pressure ammo is what it comes down to. And this is the same situation. But for a guy like me, it just means faster. <clears throat> so we're going to, 
We're going to go down this fucking list of questions and, and comments that guys have been giving us. And, and hopefully by the end of this, by the end of this 30 minute rant, we should, uh, we should have everybody pretty squared away. I'll tell you, first of all, that we're not going to tell you exactly to the dimension what happens. No, it's still, we're going to get really still close. Patented too. We're going to get really close. It's patented for another 10 years. Yeah. Yep. And we're going to get really close to telling you what it is. Just not the actual dimensions of exactly what's happening. Once again, Jake has some copious notes. <laughs> so I'll start it off for you. One of these days, I'm going to come into the podcast, hey, and I, you will have written the when notes. When we out. do the backpacking stuff, yeah, I'll, I'll yes. write the notes. I'm, I'm looking. All right. To that. So your question: What is this new plus P thing you're talking about? Yeah. So plus P, I'm not sure why he chose to name it plus P, but probably something similar along the lines of a higher pressure, faster ammunition. But it's not the ammunition. You have to treat the rifle to be able to take a faster, higher pressure ammunition. And it's kind of catchy and kind of a known thing already. So it's that's true. Easy. Yeah. So we made pretty cool logos and whatnot. And we have been doing a ton of plus P's since we announced it, which is fantastic. You said you have? We have been. Okay. Oh, yeah. They've been rolling out consistent, very consistent. But just so you guys know, I will tell you first, this is not a new thing. It's been out for 10 years. Sean's been doing this and recording data for 10 fucking years on this. It's, it didn't just hit the market. Uh, it is not Wuju. Something is physically happening down inside your, not in the chamber, but out in front of the throat area, out in front of the free bore. We're treating the lands and grooves out in the front a little bit. And we're going to work down this line. We're going to go, I'm going to try to go in order so that I don't miss nothing. Uh, but we are reducing the rifling diameter out in front of the lead angle, out in front of the free bore, out in front of all the parts that matter for your ammo specifically, really. We're reducing the rifling diameter. That's as far as we can get into it. It treats the area out in front of the free bore, out in front of the throat. This is not a throat-related operation uh, throat and freebore are kind of, they're used interchangeably, I would say, when guys are on the forum and sniping, typing, and they're talking about what what freeboard does your reamer have, all that good stuff. Throat, freebore, basically same thing. It is the area in front of your cartridge where your brass would sit, in front of your chamber, that is void of rifling. In other words, the bullet can pass down your freebore throat area without touching anything in the barrel. There is no rifling there. And I hope that I'm going to get Luke to pop up. If you're watching on YouTube here, we'll pop up some diagrams at some point and hopefully uh, show you. It's actually Sean had a pretty decent diagram in his little video explaining yeah, I, where the area is that the plus P treats. I would go watch his videos and he does, like you said, he does have his terminology of how plus P is done. Mm -hmm. He doesn't tell, again, he won't tell you the actual process, but he'll get dang close. Yeah. We're basically in a nutshell, you are removing some of the rifling out in front of where the bullet engages the rifling to let it catch up to itself before it hits that wall. This is jumping way, way ahead, but you have it in here and it says, isn't the plus P thing as extending oh, yeah. free bore and loading the bullet out farther. Isn't it the same as that? Like the weather bees. I'm really glad you read ahead, Ryan. I did because that's probably the number one thing I hear, you know, from they, the forums is, What's the difference between plus peeing or just adding more freebore? Okay. So a Weatherby has a stupid long freebore. That's what they built themselves on. Now the freebore is void of rifling, completely void and allows you to load the bullet out further to increase case capacity. That's fantastic. 
And this would all be established in your rifle before the plus P process. The plus P does not touch anything in the free bore throat area at all. So you can already maximize a cartridge with a free bore throat applicable length for what you're doing and still plus P it and get more. It's literally reducing the rifling diameter out in front of the throat. Never touches the throat. It leaves half the lead. The lead is the angled portion that leads from free bore into the rifling. There is a lead angle and that angle allows so much. There's basically four thou. I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this to a listener. So if you're looking inside the barrel, you have lands and grooves. Uh, the lands are the raised portion of the rifling. The grooves are the, the deep portion of the rifling, which all of it touches the bullet. But if you have a .308 caliber bullet, the, the largest dimension in there is the 308, And then you have the lands coming out that are 300, .300, and when you measure from land to land. So there's a 4,000 tooth, a 4,000 land coming in from each side of the barrel. And the plus P process reduces that diameter by a specific amount for a specific length, depending on the cartridge to reduce peak chamber pressure. This is not, this cannot be accomplished with any free bore throat, whatever. It's not the same thing. I guarantee you. Like if you take the 30 nozzler that I plus peed, mm. I'm running 89 grains of 570. That's crazy. If you, you could move that throat out as long as you wanted. You're, you're never going to hit that. You're yeah. You, well, you're going to blow a primer. Yep. If you load 89 grains of 570 into a 30 nozzler. So now that now that you're trying try and visualize having those lands and grooves a smaller diameter, and now picture the bullet coming out of the case and engaging that smaller diameter lands and grooves. Well, it's not doesn't take as much effort to impress those lands and grooves into the bullet. So because it doesn't take as much effort for that bullet to get started, that is reducing your peak chamber pressure. Peak chamber pressure is what everybody's watching when they're looking for impressions of an ejector, ejector imprint, ejector swipe, flattened primer. These are the pressure signs that we're referring to. So when you pull the trigger, firing pin hits the primer, you have an explosion, the gunpowder ignites. At some point, there is a peak pressure. The peak pressure happens after you pull the trigger and the bullet first hits what you call the lands. The lands mostly refer... When guys say it touching the lands, they're talking about the beginning of the lands where the bullet first starts to be impressed by the lands and the rifling inside the barrel. When it hits those lands, that's where you get peak chamber pressure most of the time. Now, I'm a very general type of speaker about topics like this. There are always fucking exceptions. So don't be the guy that, oh, well, this this is where peak chamber pressure occurs in this car. Well, yeah, that's not what we're referring to. We're referring to the. In most rifles, when the bullet hits the lands after you pull the trigger, that is when peak chamber pressure occurs. That's where you'll get the injector imprint. That's where you'll get. Now, you don't, a swipe comes afterwards when you go to eject, but flattened primer, ejector imprint, that happens this at this moment of peak pressure. At the moment of peak pressure, like Sammy spec is 65,000 PSI for most cartridges. So I printed out a, a Sammy spec for a seven PRC just so Ryan could see that basically every Sammy drawing of a cartridge has a max pressure. And this one happens to be 65,000 PSI when a brass manufacturer 
is making a piece of brass. This is the limit they have to make sure their brass can handle. So there are those manufacturers, those lesser quality, cheaper, inferior brasses that we don't like to use uh, that will only get to that point, whether it be softer brass because they chose a cheaper alloy, anything like this. But, you know, when you get into the Peterson and the ADG and the Lapua brass, they can handle a lot more pressure. So as you're choosing your brass for your cartridge, you know, Peterson may be able to handle 100,000 PSI, 150,000 PSI, whatever it might be. Uh, but this is the peak pressure that we're talking about. And that's where you start to get deformity, you know, when that case head gets rammed back into your bolt face. So that round ejector imprint that you get is because there was so much pressure inside the case, it pushed the case head into your bolt face and left a permanent impression of that ejector in your case head. Right. Now, sometimes you can have a sharp ejector and there can be false pressure signs from a sharp edged ejector. Uh, you can actually pull your ejector out and just take some emery cloth around the edges, whatever. If you, if you seem to find this a lot in your brass, because it can stay there and it can bother you because each time you fire it, it'll move to a different spot. And then you start getting these circles all over your brass. <laughs> and, but there can be false Never seen pressure sign. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, on the, you talked about pressure. This was brought up on rock slide and we've, we discussed it before the podcast is some people just can't, they think their brass will lie to them. They think their you know, their bolt lift will <clears> lie <throat> to them because when you plus P it, Obviously, if you shot the load, you know, the factory ammo you were shooting, it's going to be slower because the pressure is lower. Mm -hmm. But they're thinking, well, maybe how do they want us or they want you now and Sean to prove to them that it's not 90,000 PSI is running through there. What do you say to them? So I understand the perspective that the, the basically the velocity increase must come from somewhere. Correct. And that's why I'm trying to explain this in a way where you can visually see what's happening to the bullet and why that peak chamber pressure has been lowered. So it's, it's being allowed, the bullet is being allowed to get a head start before hitting peak and never technically, you could almost say that it never gets to hit peak pressure because it's like a stepped entry into the lands and grooves. Mm -hmm. um, so what I'll say is that the brass doesn't give a shit whether it's plus Pete or not, it's going to, the brass alloy itself is going to show the same sign of pressure at the same pressure. In other words, the plus P is not causing your brass to run at 90,000 PSI because you would see that in the case head. When you see an ejector imprint, when you see an ejector swipe, when you see a flat primer, you can see this whether you're a plus P or not. You will get to pressure with a plus P. You will find the same pressure at the same pressure because the brass doesn't care. The brass alloy and where it hits it, its pressure max doesn't care whether or not your rifle was plus P. It's going to tell you the same information both ways. So you're looking for the exact same signs with the same load if you just had a regular old 270. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know that everybody's like, so we... Ryan and I run our hunting rifles on the chip if that's where they shoot good. And and most of the time we're trying to get the most velocity and, and myself, I'm not, if we're killing animals, I'm not really worried about reloading the brass too much. And, and we've talked about this before. <laughs> I mean, if it's fucking hammering and you're killing animals, then who the fuck cares about the brass? That's really the truth. And, and it running now, this is running top tier fucking components. So yeah. a bat Vesper action that could probably handle more PSI than anything else uh, and then using extremely high quality brass that can handle higher pressure than anything else. I don't want to say that you can't blow something up, but you really have to try hard. 
Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is we're not just going out there and that's the first time we've shot it when it was 90 degrees. We oh, yeah. shot it when it was 40 degrees. We so. have a fucking library of data to work from yeah. also. It's not, it's not first timer type of thing. So don't take this the wrong way, but my 33 XC and Ryan's 33 XC and, and my 300 rum do things that other rifles don't do because we put them there. You know, my 300 rum, you might get one more reload out of that brass, but I don't really care. It is only a hunting rifle. We'll go check zero validate dope and then we go kill stuff i'm not out having fun with it that's after he glues the primer in (laughs) (laughs) yeah that might not be the most cost efficient way to look at it but a hunting rifle is a hunting rifle yeah and to each their own we i want like a dragster man i want it to be as fast as possible and go straight down the middle otherwise what are you plus peeing for exactly so there's a Hopefully you've had some type of visualization now of what's going on. Again, it has nothing to do with the throat or free bore. It does treat the rifling out in front. We do reduce reduce the rifling diameter by a certain amount for a certain distance. These are the patented specs that we won't supply. Um, but moving on down the list, can this be done on my factory rifle? Hear that a lot. Yes, it can be done on any rifle, any cartridge. We use a throating reamer to treat the throat. So we have a throating reamer for every caliber of bullet, which means that that covers all cartridges. Um, When Sean talked about this a little bit, we did a podcast with Sean. I think it was like five episodes, six episodes ago. You should go listen to that if you want to learn more. But he kind of touched on it. Is there, do you remember any particular cartridges that just aren't worth it? I know it's also a volume thing, but yeah. I wouldn't, uh, it might be difficult to just name out cartridges that you simply don't want to do, but basically, well, first of all, we got to get some other, if you shoot factory ammo, this is not for you. So if you're listening now and you're like, shit, you're out. If you can't add more powder or you don't have more case capacity left to add more powder. So if you physically can't load your ammo to a different spec and you physically don't have enough room left in your case to add more powder, this is not for you. Now, for some cases, you can go with a faster burn rate powder now that you're able to increase your volume of powder. So maybe a faster burn rate will allow you to get back up and gain that velocity. But bottom line is, is if you if you plus P a rifle shooting even hand loads or factory ammo and you don't do anything different with your load or your factory ammo, you're actually going to reduce your velocity with a plus P, which obviously is counterintuitive to what we're talking about. But by lowering peak chamber pressure, velocity requires pressure that pressure builds behind that bullet and scoots that shit out faster. So if I sent a bullet down the barrel with 65,000 PSI behind it, it's going to go X velocity. If I send that bullet down the barrel with a lower pressure, it will not go as fast bottom line. So we are treating your rifle to allow higher peak case pressure. So if you don't get out in front of that and add your powder to get more velocity to get the pressure back up. It's basically allowing you to add more powder, but hit the same peak pressure. Gotcha. Yeah. So no factory ammo guys, you can't shoot your exact same load before and after plus P it will decrease the velocity. So be prepared to do load development. Again, one of the questions on here, the guy will call and say, man, I got an absolute hammer of a rifle, but I could really use another 100 feet per second. I tell them don't do it because I wouldn't do it. I always try to be as honest as possible with guys. Mm-hmm. And if my 300 run back behind me is not plus peed, I'm not going to fucking touch it. It's a hammer. It's a it's a killing machine. I'm not going to go yeah. plus pee it to go from 3,100 to 3,200 because it's already killing. So leave and, it alone. And of the couple I have plus peed that I did load work on beforehand, 
they all either got better and one stayed the same. I've, I've said that before. Mm -hmm. So I personally wouldn't do it either, but I already knew pretty much it was going to get plus peed after about a hundred rounds. Yeah. I, I wanted to know what it would do before. I always wanted to know if Sean was bullshitting me mm -hmm. and everyone has the lowest was 80 and the highest was 125. I just talked to a guy that did a six, five PRC and he got 110 feet per second. Nice. Faster. There definitely are, you know, true. I don't, it's tough to trust, you know, some guy, if you don't know him well, but there, there's a lot of testimonials out there, you know, proving that it works, but it is tough to jump on the wagon. I would say if you have never heard of this or you don't understand a lot of what we're talking about today, um, you know, listen a couple of times, but try and visualize it and see what's happening. It is the, it is a unique process in the gunsmithing world. I don't know there, uh, there may be some gunsmiths out there that are doing something similar, but again, this is a 10 year proven patented technique and, uh, and it works. It's killed a lot of animals. Yeah. So it's not brand new. So again, means. you need, you need room in your case for more powder and you need to be a hand loader to or, get the full benefit or, just or a, buy from us. Have unknown to it. Yeah. Um, can you keep the same BTO? If you have, you're shooting two fifteens out of your, 300 PRC, can you keep the same base to ogive measurement? Basically, yes. You may see a you may see a two thou difference in your base to ogive measurement. Uh, but again, if you picture that lead angle coming into the lands, uh, we are reducing that main diameter, but it will still leave the lead. It leaves a portion of the lead angle, the lead into the lands in place at the same place it was. We don't remove it all. We don't increase the free bore or the throat, which is where that measurement would physically change. So because this has nothing, what are you laughing about? I mean, I'm reading Read my notes. notes. <laughs> what is this witchcraft? <laughs> because, it, uh, dude, I've been asked ever since posted about that. And we did some MailChimp emails sent out, you yeah. know, and I put the logo and I talk about it. It basically says gain 100 to 150 feet per second. And guys are like, what the fuck are you talking about? And Sorry. I get it. I thought that was funny. But I've been... Uh, I sat down earlier this morning writing out this note list for us, and, and I realized how many different questions I've been asked since talking about this. Um, doesn't matter if you've already fired your rifle. You could have a 1,000 rounds down your factory rifle. This can still be done. If you have a portion of lands and grooves that looks fucked up out in front of your free bore, this can fix it, yes. If you got something that's not shooting because of that, I don't want to say it's going to make every bad shooting barrel shoot well, but it potentially could by refreshing that area out in front of the the throat. So they have to send you a complete gun. Can they send you a barreled action? How does it work that way? We technically only need the barrel. So anything on additional to that just costs you more shipping. But if you want to pull out your two action bolts and send us your barreled action, that works. If you want to remove your own barrel and send in just the barrel, but technically all that we need here to perform the operation is your barrel, which is what we're treating. So now I got people all amped up on it. What's the turnaround time generally? Uh, turnaround right right now is two weeks. Ooh, yeah, quick. fairly quick process. It's two hundred and fifteen bucks. That extra fifteen bucks on top of what Sean charges is for laser engraving the plus P logo onto your barrel. But you could also add any other laser engraving you wanted at the time. So if you have a barrel that's not even marked with your cartridge, technically that's not legal. We can add whatever you want. You can put your name on it. Uh, the sky's the limit there. When you guys go add this product to your card on the website, there is a note box for engraving. Again, you can write whatever you want. Um, yeah, but we only need the barrel. If you do only send in the barrel, 
you do want a, some type of water line marked your stock line, your chassis line mm -hmm. so that we can engrave it. So it looks straight. But other than that, yeah, all we need is the barrel. And again, factory rifle, custom rifle. I've already shot a thousand rounds. I have the weirdest wildcat you've ever heard of. It doesn't matter. We have every bullet caliber reamer for this. Two weeks, man. That's quick. It is quick. It's moving quick. What? It, uh, let's see. Let's move down this list here. We covered most all of them. Really? Mm -hmm. That went way fast. Why is no one else doing this? Why are no other builders talking about it? Well, maybe they're not talking about it because it's not their patented process. But if you say, hey, Joe Bob's gunsmithing, you're building that rifle for me right now. And I just listened to this podcast about plus P. What do you know about it? He may not know anything about it because he honestly doesn't know or never have heard of it. But if he were to listen to this podcast and then tell you that it's Wuju, well, that's just bullshit. It is a physical operation being done down inside your barrel. Uh, it works. We know it works. We're not going to sell you smoke and bullshit. So, yeah. The other thing I guess we didn't cover is does it take away from barrel life? Because you are taking away material. Yeah. I've actually thought about this quite a bit and and – it can go either way, I think. I mean, in general, I would say, yes, it will take away some barrel life, but it doesn't always do that. And, and the reasoning behind my answer is because you're adding more powder. It is the same pressure. It's pressure and heat that erodes your throat. Uh, with more powder, I imagine, comes more heat. And that would be the honest answer. Um, I would say you'd give up a little bit. But again, going back to the hunting rifle where you're trying to get that extra 100 feet per second, I don't care if I lose 50 rounds of barrel life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, if the rifle's doing what it's supposed to do, mm -hmm. then it is what it is. Well, and I, I always see, well, you know, is it accurate? You know, is it, you know, when you get it back, is it repeatable? I shot a moose. It's a plus P 300 at 338 edge. It's 1,775 yards. I did do a cider shot to the left. So I, I was off by a minute. So I dialed that 17 inches out and I killed the moose one shot and I cold bore shot a elk at 1583 with a 338 edge plus peed with LR and on LR cam chassis that Sean makes, but cold bore. Yeah. I missed by like three inches mm -hmm. plus peed. What more, what more can you say? They work. I was thinking about this. A lot of guys are doing, let's say a 300 Norma compared to a 300 Norma improved. And maybe they gain 50 feet per second, 80 feet per second, maybe 120. But that whole act of, fire forming the brass and wildcatting, you could potentially get the exact same benefit and still use a standard case without fire forming. Mm. Now, of course, if you double the two up, that's the best of all worlds. And that's where the Terminator cartridges come in from Sean is that they're, you know, his 338 Terminator is a 338 Lapua improved with a built-in plus P. That's what makes it the Terminator. Um, if I was only after that extra hundred feet per second, for whatever reason, I would way, way rather plus P and keep my standard brass form and not have to fire form then, you know, so for the same reason that you improve a shoulder on any case to get additional velocity, this same thing applies. You could double that up. You can gain twice as much by also doing the plus P process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and then the downside, I mean, not really a downside, just if you're a guy that's going to go out and shoot a couple hundred rounds every weekend, plus PN probably is not for you. Yeah. It's not, it just, to me, this is a purpose-based hunting rifle that I'm plus PN. It's not the, the weekend where you're, you know, going out and plinking. Yeah. You won't see PRC, you know, PRS guys plus PN their six dasher. This is not the purpose. 
most of those guys like to sit in the low note anyway. So the brass is, is lasts a long time and their load is consistent and it can be shot in the rain and all that good stuff. This is not for you. This is for the high performance seeker, the guy who wants that little edge. Um, and like I said, honestly, if you have a hammering fucking rifle, that's doing everything you need it to do. Don't, don't plus P it. Not saying that it's going to make it not shoot, but if you already got something that's working so well, just just kind of leave it alone. But uh, any other situation, if you got a rifle building with us right now and you want to add plus P, that's super easy. Uh, or you're just not happy with the right. You, maybe you want to give this a shot on a barrel before you condemn it. You know, potentially this can take a barrel that just won't shoot for you and potentially improve it. But before you condemn it. Yeah. Before you pull it, before you blame it and take it off and throw it in the trash, you know? I mean, I'm I'm going to throw something at you. Can oh, you shit. just even imagine? Here we go. A 6UM plus P. Oh, that's almost uh, 30. You see, if you were, if you were a customer, call me on the phone and you told me that, Hey, I made this wildcat and it, it's a six SOM improved with a 40 degree shoulder and it's shooting 115 grain bullet at 3386 feet per second. Can I send it to you to plus P? I would just say, why do you really think that 3486 is going to kill that elk any better? I don't think the elk kills the elk doesn't care whether it's going 3,400 or 3,500. Yeah, I do. Hey, on that note, unknown munition now chambered six UM barrels. Oh shit. Oh yeah. Hey, and Jake is bringing semi-production custom Tikas to market soon. (laughs) I don't think you wanted me to say that, but I just wanted to sneak that out there. That you'll be able to buy custom Tikas from Jake soon in 6UM plus Pete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we are. I was trying, you know, this is the problem with telling Ryan shit. Well, I'm excited about it. I'm going to go hunting with a 6UM in Texas this week. So get some more data on it. But then, I mean. I'm excited to see too, because you, you've already had good results with these nose ring tub detects. And uh, those would probably be another thing if you were to write up, uh, uh, write up a, uh, what do you call it when you have a thread? A thread. Yeah. You write up a thread about about a nose ring, 115 grain, six mil bullet destroying elk and leaving fist size holes coming out the other side. Even if you posted a picture, there's still going to be those guys that say that never happened. There's no way. No, no. It's the new. It's that's a nice kid rifle. A, oh, a kid rifle. Yeah. Well, shit. If it's hammer and elk, the way the pictures I've seen so far, I'll be downgrading. I'll have a small rifle too. I've already pumped the tires on it enough, but like Jim, Jim's seen a lot of dead elk, Jim Carr. He said, I've never seen that much, much damage in a chest cavity of an elk. Uh, it's just a little 115, little whiz binger. We're going to take a lot. Of, you're filming this a little bit, huh? I'm going to do my dangdest. And it's going to come out on shoot to hunt. Absolutely. Shoothunt.com, have video on it. We are going to start filming hunts from here. And uh, Ryan's really excited about this turkey hunt we're doing this weekend. Uh, April 9th, he says he loves hunting turkey and he's really looking forward to seeing this video. So this will be one of the first hunting videos for shoot. <laughs> I, I love turkey hunting as much as I love six, five Creed Morse. I just wanted to give you the opportunity to say it on the air. So everybody yes. knows that Ryan hates turkey hunt. And it is, what is, what's the word? If, if you don't agree with something, it's, you're doing it, you're doing it against my, you're doing it incorrectly. No, you don't like it. No, my brain ain't working. But basically, mm-hmm. I don't agree with turkey hunting unless you can hit them with trucks. Uh-huh. Or, or I think it's Wyoming. You can shoot with a, with a center fire rifle. I wonder where this hate for birds actually comes Dude, from. They're mer- they're vermin. They're rodents. Uh huh. They're not. People will tell me they're on Thanksgiving they're, Day. Do you guys have turkey or is it like ham or you have some other no, prime rib or? Yeah, but that's like farm raised good turkey. 
not that dry shit turkey you kill. <sighs> you mean no. real turkey? You got the fake saltwater brine injected fucking foster farms grown up in a pen. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep, butter ball, baby. <laughs> I, uh, you know that uh, turkey was almost the national bird, right? Really, Benjamin Frank- Franklin. You ever seen that? Heard that story? Uh-huh. Where it almost became. Can you imagine? the fucking turkeys being protected and you couldn't kill them. Well, that must be why they pardon the turkey and all that good stuff every year. I'm I part- sure it has something to do with something. I pardon them with my Dodge Ram. It's really, so, so we're going out Sunday and we're going to go do a youth turkey hunt with Mason and uh, we're going to bring the film crew along. And, and, I, and the, the reason why I'm doing this is because I've only been turkey hunting one time and that was last year with the same guy we're going to go with. And I came from the same let's say feelings as Ryan has right now, where I just didn't want nothing to do with birds and for, you know, an early hunting season deal. It's a weekend. You go out for a day or a morning and you, you make some noises and these birds come running into you and you'd shoot the bird and then you have some Turkey for dinner. It was, it was pretty exciting. I think for a day hunt, you know, oh, it's, it's just like elk hunting, except it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be fun. You know what I'd rather do than go fucking Turkey hunting, huh. get a root canal. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be a good video. We're going to try to give a good perspective of what it's like to, you know, hear them gobble and call them in. And so if you've never been turkey hunting, I would say it's at least worth a watch. Even if you think you're a diehard Ryan Avery, deer and elk only, no I'm turkey. Not di- I'm not diehard. I just think that turkeys don't, shouldn't take any of your time. Uh huh. But they're, like I told you, when I was a kid, grew up Coeur d'Alene area my whole life. There was hardly any turkeys. When I got about 19, 20, they just... The Merriam, they just exploded around mm-hmm. here. And now there's just turkeys everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how hard is it to kill a turkey? Well, if you, landowners will beg you. I don't see landowners begging you to come kill a fucking elk or a deer off their property. Yeah. They will beg you to, to come, come kill, kill this fucking vermin. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want to rant on There's that a little much. nugget too. So so we went turkey hunting the first time last year. Patrick, uh, Patrick convinced my boy that he needed to check the turkey for worms. And that's all I'm going to say. So he had to finger check a turkey and we got it on video. And it, of course it was last year, but we're going to include that in this turkey hunt video. So you can see what happened last year. And Epical. that's going to be hilarious. He's not going to like that it's in there, but it's, so if you've ever finger checked a tur- turkey for worms, you're going to want to see that. Yeah. That's, this is why I don't turkey hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Guys are probably listening right now. Like what the fuck uh, is he talking like, about? Just, I've never checked my turkey. Oh, Anyways, I'm out. So oh. I think uh, I think we got just about everything on the list. Oh, can I continue shooting my same load? We covered that. You can't. Nope. We got almost all of them. Okay. I don't think any we missed. If you have any other questions at all about a plus P and you're not convinced or you're, you know, we pretty much covered everything. I don't know what else I'd tell you on the phone, but if you want to get it done, yep. ship it in. And Hunting season's coming. It's going to get busy. You have quite a bit of information on no munitions about it, don't you? Yeah, there's a, uh, in fact, I'll, I'll probably add this FAQ. I'll do an FAQ section in the product description just for, just the, for the plus P and kind of add some of this info in there. But, um, there is some, some descriptors already down there. Yep. Defensiveedge.net has info too. <laughs> and there's quite a few threads on Rockslide about plus P and there's mm-hmm. probably five or six that we have done. I've done or somebody else has done. Yeah. So it's not hocus pocus. People are out there killing animals with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so if you're looking for a rebarrel, a rifle build, plus P, whatever it is, uh, it's April, and it's already getting busy. So if you got something you need done, 
Uh, make sure you get something lined up pretty quick. That it? Yes. Like always, if you got any questions, shoot to hunt podcast at shoot to hunt.com or go to Instagram and DM us to go follow shoot to hunt. Thank you. Thanks.